Come on, Fresh Life. Come on, let's put our hands together at all the locations. And let's give Jesus some praise today. Come on. By the way, before you sit down, before you sit down at any location, I just want to acknowledge that we are celebrating today that it is the Lusco's 19-year wedding anniversary. Can we give a huge happy anniversary? Come on, these are your pastors right here. Thank God for them. 19 years married. Uh, we just, we, I want to say we thank God for you guys. Thank you for your example. Thank you for always serving, always loving, always giving. I want to remind you, great churches don't just fall from the sky. It takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes a lot of coffee. Somebody say amen to that one. But um, we are here because of the sacrifice and the faithfulness of God and our pastors. And so come on, let's honor them one more time. We thank God for you guys. Okay, you can be seated today. You can be seated. If you have a Bible, go to 1 Peter chapter 5. It is great to be at Fresh Life. I got to tell you, I love your church so much. And it is the only church merch that I let my boys run around in. My boys represent Fresh Life in Los Angeles like it was Disneyland, okay? And so it is an honor to be uh, back. And I just got to, by the way, just shout out to, I think it's my, maybe my second favorite location. Shout out to Jackson Hole. I got love for it. When you, Pastor, when you were talking about Jackson Hole, I said, I love Jackson Hole. One of the places I want to go uh, is Jackson Hole. So what a, what a church and um, what a special uh, church to be a part of. And we want to thank everyone. If you came last Sunday to Easter, wasn't it an awesome Easter? Can we just clap and what, a, what an awesome Easter. The fact that you came back, it's real now. You a real Christian now. We got you. But um, we're excited to have you uh, with us. For those of you that don't know me, my, my name is, is Chad, and I live in L.A. My wife and I, we have been married for 14 years. We're just right behind. Uh, she's so blessed. <laughs> I couldn't wait to say it. She's, I'm blessed. Uh, we have four children uh, together. We have 11, 9, 7, 5. Uh, we drive a car that the buttons open the doors. You get it. Um, but we're really, really uh, thankful. And um, like Pastor Levi said, if you are ever in L.A., to visit Mickey or Minnie or any other business, please do stop by. God has been good to us. Has God been good to you? Are you thankful today? Okay, one more time because it's church. Let's clap. If you come to church, we like to clap. Just a heads up. First Peter chapter 5. I'm going to jump uh, right in uh, to the scriptures today. I want to talk around the idea. I really believe that um, and I'm going to talk about it in just a moment, but I really believe that your future is bright. I really believe there's an old saying that we like to say, the best is yet to come. And I believe that about you. And the, the scary thing about potential is that you could potentially be awesome or you could potentially 
not be awesome. It's like the Seahawks this year. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll, we'll see. But so much of your future is, I think, dependent upon what we're talking about today. I want to talk around the idea of the power that is in pride versus the power that rests in humility. And I want to convince you today the, the Bible is chock full of God's thoughts on prideful people, and it is filled with promises on what he'll do with humble people. And so just let me just start here in this first verse, 1 Peter chapter 5. Watch what the Bible says. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders, which I just, I love this verse right here because I'm 43 now, and so I'm an old preacher now, okay? So right when I read that, you younger, I'm talking to Gen Z right there. Like when I was younger in church growing up, all the pastors were like would attack our generation. And I'm like, bro, why are you so mad? And now I'm the mad preacher. You Gen Zers out there. Likewise, Gen Z, submit to your elders. Only elders say stuff like this. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. What I love about this truth is Jesus said those that exalt themselves will be humbled but those that humble themselves, they will be exalted. It will be exhausting for you if you're a self-promoter. I don't care if it's LinkedIn or social media or whatever way you choose to promote yourself. It will be exhausting to keep that up. But if you let God promote your life, if you let God build your business, if you let God build this church, what God sets in motion, no person can come against even man could try and cancel you, but they cannot cancel what God promotes. So it says, humble yourselves. Humble yourself. Walk in humility. Humble yourself. So you must be convinced in the mighty hand of God that God has the power to exalt those that he wants to exalt and humble those that he wants to humble. It's called God math. God's math is so different than ours. God says stuff like this. Those that are first shall be last. And those who are last shall be, shall be first. The greatest among us is the servant of all. And so we must learn how to walk in humility versus pride. I want to give you a working definition of pride. So you might want to know what this means. Pride is a sinful, arrogant, haughty, self-reliant attitude or spirit that causes a person to have an inflated or puffed-up view of themselves. Those who are proud think of themselves as better than others and look down on others with contempt. Prideful people think they are better than someone else because of their, their ethnicity, the color of their skin, their socioeconomic background, who they voted for, how they behave. This is the haughty spirit. 
This is a puffed up spirit that says, look at how great I am. Look at how terrible they are. The only people that God rejects are people that are full of themselves. Those are the only ones that God turns away. But those that walk in humility, look at the law of opposite. Humility is seeing ourselves as we truly are, fallen in sin and helpless without God. Humility is often characterized as genuine gratitude, a lack of arrogance, and a modest view of oneself. I hope and I pray that today you would develop a modest view of oneself. See, a, a, a prideful person is so enamored. Look at my intellect. Look at my charm. Look at my gifting. Look at, look at my ability to crunch numbers. Look at my songwriting skills. Aren't I awesome? That's what the prideful person says. The humble person says, all of my intellect is from God. All of my charm is from God. All of my gifting is from God. I came from dirt. I am a nobody trying to tell the world about a somebody. I came into this thing naked. I'm going to leave this thing naked. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not impressed with me. I'm really impressed with you. I'm not the great I am. You're the great I am. I did not tell the son to get up this morning. You told the son to get up this morning. If you want to get impressed with anybody, you should get impressed with God. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called No Ego, Amigo. I don't know if you realize, you know, just a few weeks ago, we celebrated, or sorry, we uh, acknowledged that it, it had been three years since the world shut down. Yeah, and when COVID happened, um, you know, I don't know if you remember where you were when, when COVID happened. I was in Alabama. I was in Alabama. I was eating barbecue in sweet home Alabama. And I was getting ready to get on a plane to go to Sweden. And, and so I was in Alabama going to Sweden. And, um, and the world shut down. I thought I better hurry up and get back to L.A. before I get stuck. Who wants to get stuck in Alabama? So I rushed home. And I don't know what you did for the first few weeks of, of the pandemic, but I ate a lot. I was having peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Every day in my kitchen, it was peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly. I don't do drugs. Stop asking. So after weeks, I started to, there, were, there was growth in it was a problem. And so, uh, but all the gyms were shut down. So my wife and I broke down and we became a Peloton family. Have you met these people? Peloton people are like CrossFit. First rule of having a Peloton, tell everyone you have a Peloton. And so we did, we got the treadmill. I don't know if you're a biker. I don't really go the Lance Armstrong route as much as the, I'm a, I like the treadmill. And so we're on the treadmill, and we start, Julie and I started to take this class. You know, you choose the instructor you like. And we started to take this class with a lady named Jess Sims. And she did a boot camp workout through the Peloton. So you weren't on the treadmill the whole time. She was taking you through a boot camp. So the first time I went through the boot camp class, I was about halfway through the workout. And we were supposed to do 10 reps of exercise. And I was like on three or four, and it was getting hard. Now, 
I don't know about you, I'm built for comfort. My wife is built for pain. I'm not built for that. I'm built for the spa. That's just how it came out. And so it started to get hard, and I, didn't, and I knew I was probably looking foolish in my attempt to do this exercise. And Jess Sims, the instructor, she says, from the plasma screen, you can do this. Don't quit. Even if you don't look good right now, no ego, amigo. I was in the middle of the set. I had to pause to see if she was in our living room. It was a word from God. I thought I felt seen right there. And I just, she kept saying that every time I do the class, no ego, amigo, no ego, amigo. I'm here to just encourage you, amigo. You got to get rid of your ego because you will never step into what God has for you with a spirit of pride. God says, I am in opposition. I am against proud people. I, I, I always think I get the picture of the Heisman Trophy winner. You know, the Heisman Trophy statue, he's got the football in one hand, and he is stiff-arming the, 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 the opposition in, in letting him know. No way. God is opposed to your life when you walk in arrogance. The more full of yourself, the more cocky, the more self-reliant. The, the prideful person believes in such a thing of a self-made man. The humble says there's no such thing as a self-made man. God made me. God opened doors. God gave me everything I have. God provided for me. God showed me where to go. God told me what, who I should get married to. God made it all happen. I'm not, I'm not the main thing. God is the main thing. If you ever want to, to get God to be a partner in your life, walk in the spirit of humility. Don't let the spirit. By the way, you have to be careful. Because in a narcissistic society, narcissism wins. So the spirit of the world loves pride. The more you flaunt, the more you're arrogant, the more you boast, the more proud and rude you are, the more that this world will applaud you and celebrate you and say, that's what I'm talking about. All the while, God's going, because I only give grace to those that walk with an accurate view of self. I only give grace to those that walk in gratitude and humility. I only give grace to those that recognize I don't want any of the credit. I don't want any of the glory. I don't want any of the fame. I want it all to go to you. It's not about me. It's all about your name, not my name. And I want to do my best to walk in humility. I'm going to give you three things to write down today. Write down the first one. Write down number one. Kill your pride or your pride will kill you. Kill your pride or your pride will kill you. Something's got to die today. You know, it, it, it always used to make me laugh. You know, my dad, I'm a pastor's kid. And so a, a lot of Saturdays we would go to weddings because my dad was, would supplement his income by doing weddings and funerals. I always liked the weddings better. And my dad's famous, I could do my dad's whole wedding talk, front and back. And my dad's whole wedding talk, there was a joke he used most every Saturday when we left. I'd say, I don't like that one. I think you should get rid of that joke. And every wedding that he would do, he'd look at the young man and he would say to him, welcome to your funeral. 
and nobody would ever laugh. I never laughed. I don't think it's funny. This poor guy, he's trying to get married. I understood what he was trying to say. He was trying to say, in order for you to have a successful marriage, you have to die to yourself today. I want to say that to your life. In order for you to walk with Jesus, you got to die. He said, whoever wants to follow me must pick up them, their cross every Easter service. Oh, no, no, sorry. Every single day and follow me. You got to die. You got to die to your ego, amigo. You got to die to your agenda. You got to die to your plan. You got to die to what you want. And you got to get to the place that Jesus got. Jesus said, Not my will, but your will be done. I've got to decrease because you've got to increase. Kill your pride, or your pride is going to kill you. Look at this in Colossians uh, chapter 3. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Put on fresh life. Put on humility. Clothe yourself like a jacket. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, so, it's been so cold in Los Angeles this winter. We were, we were not just wearing jackets. We were walking around in blankets. I felt like I was in Jackson Hole. I'm just walking around with blankets. We're, we're clothing ourselves. You've got to put on humility. If you don't put on humility, you'll put on pride. You'll put on arrogance. You'll put on self-reliance. No, you got to clothe. That's what allows you to be kind. That's what allows you to serve. That's what allows you to give. That's what allows you to add value. Put on humility. There is something in your closet that looks good on you every time you wear it. Have you ever gone in, in, in the mirror? And you're kind of, you know, seeing if this is the right outfit. And you kind of look at, and, and you need your spouse to kind of reaffirm what you know. Mm -mm. Half the time I go to leave my house, my wife's like, mm-mm. It's going to be a no for me, dog. No. Humility is the thing that will always look good on you. Clothe yourself. In the spirit of humility, because that is the spirit of Jesus. The spirit of Christ was not haughty, was not proud, was not rude, was not angry. The spirit of Jesus was humble. Jesus went low. My question to you today, Fresh Life, how low can you go? I'm not going to bring out the, you know, what's the thing? And you just, you know, that's about as low as I can go right there. Not, what, what is that? What is the thing called? Yeah, whatever. So we're not doing that at any campus today. It's just a question. How low can you go? This, this all really started for me when a hero to the Luscos and myself, uh, Pastor Lee, uh, Louis Giglio of, of Passion, we, we were together a couple years ago, and we had a great meal, a couple hours, and we're leaving the restaurant, and I'm getting ready to leave, and he's getting ready to leave, and as we're leaving, he grabs my forearm, and, and he kind of pulls me in a little bit, and, and 
Pastor Louis, you know, he's in his late 60s. I'm, 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 I'm younger. And, 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 he, and he pulls me in and he, and he says to me, hey, I, I want you to go low. Now, Pastor Louis could ask for all of my crypto and stock investments. I'd give it to him. Whatever he wants, it's his. So when he says go low, I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, sure. And, he's, and he, he starts to explain, you know, what go low looks like. And I, and I say, yeah, of course. And then about a year later, we're together. We have a great meal, two hours. We talk about everything, and we're leaving. And again, he grabs me at the end, and he looks at me, and he says, hey, before you leave, I want you to go low. I'm thinking in my head, man, old people, they forget what they say sometimes. <laughs> he already gave me this talk. He gave me this talk one time. But I oblige. I'm a, I'm a man of God. I oblige. Six months later, we have breakfast together. Two-hour breakfast. Unbelievable time. We're leaving. In my head, I'm going, here it comes. And sure enough, right as we're getting ready to leave, he pulls me in close. He says, hey. I go, go low? He says, I want you to go low. And it was like the third time God would say, do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? I want you to go low. Why is Jesus exalted and given the name above all names? Because he went low. Philippians chapter 2, look on the screen. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count it equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself. Jesus was so humble, he said, don't get it twisted. I have not come to be served. I've come to serve. And he humbled himself. How low did Jesus go? Jesus went so low. Though he was God, he became man. Though he was rich, he became poor. Though Jesus had it all, he gave it all. That's as low. So my question, how low can you go? Because our, our example is not pastors. Our example is not parents. Our example is not politicians. Our example is Jesus. The person we want to emulate the most went so low that he died on a cross. He killed his ego. He said, I don't even have my own message. I only have his message. I don't do whatever I want to do. I only do what the Father says. Not my will, but your, if you don't kill your pride, your pride is going to kill you. Write down number two today. Your future hinges on humility. Your future, it rests. It hinges on humility. Again, I want to encourage you, if you came for the first time last Sunday, we are so excited that you're, can we at every campus clap and just shout for every, you came back. You're back. We're excited, we're thrilled that you're with us today. It's not a small deal to us. It's not, it is a big deal. And I want to just give you a, a hallmark scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11. God says over your life, for I know the plans that I have for you. You know, God's serious about stuff when he says he declares it. Declares the Lord. What kind of plans does God have for your life? 
God says, I don't have plans to harm you. I have plans to prosper you. I don't have plans for your calamity. I have plans to give you a hope and a future. I cannot convince you enough. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind can even imagine the things that God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Your future is bright. But it hinges on humility. And if you can, you can find a way to start to bake this into your character, cook this into your plan, it'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you see yourself and others. Humility is not seeing myself inferior or different. It's, it's being able to think about others more. It's, it's to be able to call, call, you're God, I'm not. I love the way James says it. Watch James 4. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to go to Jackson Hole and then Portland and Salt Lake, and we're going to spend a year there and buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that will appear for a little time and then vanish away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. I want to just get just fresh life. We do not boast about how much money you have or don't have. We do not boast about your accolades. We do not boast about how great you are or your kids are or your farm or whatever you're doing. We boast about the name of God. We boast about what the cross has done. We boast about the blood of Jesus. Our boasting is all about God. He said, he said have, have you ever seen somebody? You would never do this. You, you, you go to fresh life, you would never do this. Have you ever seen someone else, those other people, post on social media to be seen? Look, look at how great my life is. He says, all such boasting, boasting, bragging is evil. He said, you ought to live your life this way. You know what? If the Lord wills, because I'm not in control, he is. And you ought to bake into your life. It's called the sovereignty of God. And God is in control. And God, the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. You don't know what tomorrow brings. Tomorrow has enough worries in itself. Today, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Today, worship the Lord in all of his splendor. Today, come, let us kneel and bow down before the Lord our God, our maker. You know, when you're humble, it's really easy to bow down and to go low and to say, whew, you are so magnificent and majestic and beautiful and awesome and mighty. A prideful person saying, I'm not getting, I'm not, are you kidding me? I'm not. A humble person lifts up their hands and says, you are worthy of worship. A prideful person says, I'm not impressed because they're impressed with themselves. You, you understand that your future could be amazing or it could be like awful. It could be like a nightmare or it could be the most fulfilling thing in the world. It's all about the way that you view God. The most important thought that you will ever have in the history of your life is the first thought that comes to mind when you think about God. Is he benevolent? Is he merciful? Is he faithful? Is he generous? Is he good? 
Is he in control? Because if you see God that way, life is really easy. Come now, you who say, yeah, we're going to go to Jackson Hole. It's not a big deal. Stopping by Portland, you know, the food scene's crazy. It's just the best, you know. Then we're going to go there. You, 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 should, you should instead say, whatever the Lord wills. My life is in his hands. See, again, I think that my dad's joke, he was trying real hard. It's his funeral. When you come to follow Jesus, welcome to your funeral. We gladly lay down our lives in humility to follow the one that has the keys to everlasting life. You have to be very careful because if you are so self-reliant and dependent, you, you'll, fall, you'll, you'll be intoxicated with self. This is what happened to the devil. The devil was the worship leader in heaven. He was like, he was the guy, he was the man, he was awesome, but he, he got drunk on self. He read his own press clippings. He was excited about who he was. Look at what it says here in Ezekiel 28. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So you got to be careful to not get so obsessed with self. I think we should not be obsessed with us. We should be obsessed with God. Of going like, I live for you. Watch what God does with this person, Proverbs, uh, sorry, Psalm 25, 9. He guides the humble in what is right, and he teaches them his way. He guides the humble. If you're a parent and you need God's guidance, humble yourself. God will guide you. If you're going through a hard time and you don't know what to do, humble yourself and God will teach you. Everything about your future hinges on your ability to go low. And if you can make the decision to put on humility, you will live a life of kindness and you will live a life of compassion. You'll be able to forgive people. Anybody that can't forgive somebody else, it's only because they're prideful. They say the distance between two people is pride. They say the imaginary muscle in the neck is pride. It's what causes you to be stiff. You ever get around family that's like, oh, we're not going to talk to them. We're not going to say we're sorry. We're not going to, because it's, it, it's pride. Pride, they say, is cancer to the soul. It will rot you away. I'll never forget, when I, when I first went down to Los Angeles, I moved from Seattle to L.A. in 1998. And I was going to a small little Bible college of 300 people. And so on the weekends, I would go down to Biola University, a different Bible college, with like 3,000 students. So, you know, it's like I wasn't in the world, but I'm, 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 I need, to, I need more, to be around more students. And so I would go down to Biola on the weekends. And I'll never forget, one of my best friends, he was living in this quad with different roommates. And when, the first time I walked in, there was this huge poster, massive poster, with only two words on the poster. And it was like the poster just hit you right when you walked in. And the, and the two words were, pride sucks. And I thought to myself, yeah, it does. It will suck the life right out of you. It will suck the future right out of you. You want your marriage to go south? Be prideful. You, want, you, you, you see any devastation that happens in a company, in a church, in a relationship, the root of it is pride. Well, in fact, read with me in Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before 
a fall. We all look at the fall. We all look at the destruction. We all look at the aftermath. If you rewind the tape and you go back to the Genesis, what happened? A prideful spirit entered in. And that person said, I'm not saying I'm sorry. I'm not saying I love you. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm not going over to their house anymore. I'm not reaching out to them. I'm not texting them back. You let pride creep into your life and you can kiss the future that God has for you goodbye. Because he is opposed to the proud, but he showers grace on the what? The humble. This is how God works. God says, how low can you go? My son, why did I exalt him so high? Because he went so low. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Do you know how much humility it has required for the Luscos to build this great church? It's, you you want to build a church like Fresh Life? You just got to order another slice of humble pie. And we're just eating. What are you guys eating for dinner tonight? We're going to have tacos, but for dessert, we'll have another slice of humble pie. Because for God to work in your life, it requires humility. For him to be drawn to what you're doing. For God to be a partner in your business. He requires humility. He's drawn to it. Amen. So the third and the final thing I want to I just say today. Write down number three. How do you do this? You develop a friendship with God. Develop a friendship with God. Religion does not bake humility into your life. In fact, religion will puff you up. If you live by the law, you'll be so impressed by how well you follow the law. But we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. The law was about perfection, morals, ethics. This is what we do on the Sabbath. We we don't want to miss the tithe. We're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. And so we find a way to stay in that spirit of humility and develop a relationship with God, develop a relationship with God, and God will He'll teach you how to be humble. You, you know that? Have you ever heard that phrase? Um, birds of a feather flock together, or like attracts like. Or have you ever heard that saying? You are who you hang with. If you hang out with the humble servant of the world, I think you'll become humble. Like if you hang out with Jesus, there's not a lot of cocky people hanging out with Jesus. Because it's not like, by the way, serving God is not cool. Serving God is our privilege and an honor. All the coolness is, what is cool about serving? Nothing. But you know what God will do is God will, he'll double down on his friendship with you. Look at this in Numbers. Numbers 12, 3. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Can we just acknowledge that you are not humble if you tell us how humble you are? You know what's crazy? Pastor was talking about humility, and my God, am I humble. I'm sorry, Ted, you're not humble. That's arrogance right there. It's kind of like the person that leaves church is like, oh, Pastor Levi, that was a great word for you. No. So you're prideful. The Bible is saying that Moses was the most humble man. So that's in bounds. 
Moses is not saying, am I not great? Am I not awesome? Look at my humility. No, it says, now Moses was the most humble man on the, can we just acknowledge real fast? This is an accolade. This is an accomplishment. This is pretty, I mean, you know, when God found David, he said, I finally found a man after my own heart. I mean, that's up there. Moses, the most humble man to ever walk. Why do you think Moses was so humble? You, you, you. I mean, come on. This guy was, his mom put him into a river and was like, we're just believing that God will take care of you, son. This girl finds him and she like raises him in Pharaoh's house. God says to Moses, I'm going to use you. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm, I stutter. You don't, you don't think the parting of the Red Sea humbled Moses? What about staying on the Mount Sinai and getting the Ten Commandments? That'll humble you. What about seeing the glory of God? That'll humble you real fast. What about walking and having a pillar of a fire and a cloud during the day? What about fresh manna in the morning? What about fresh Nikes every day? That'll humble you real fast. And so it says, Exodus 33, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. You want to be a friend of God? Humble yourself. God says, I finally found a man who is humble, and I'll talk to him. You want God to whisper in your ear? Humble yourself. You want God to give you vision for your future? Humble yourself. You want God to pour out his spirit with dreams? Humble yourself. Because God already showed us the recipe. Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth, and so God spoke to him face to face. God wants to speak to you, lead you, guide you, encourage you, help you, shape you, and mold you. But he cannot do it if you're prideful. You're not the cow's meow. You're a child of the Most High God. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a marvelous light. You are, by God's definition, the head and not the tail. You're a child of the Most High God. You don't got to prove anything. You need to have an accurate self-view of who you are. By God's grace, I have been chosen. By God's grace, I have been forgiven. By God's grace, I was in the worst place. God pulled me out. He set my feet on a solid place. He put a new song in my mouth. Many are going to see about it and hear about it because God's been good, not me. And if if it weren't for God, I wouldn't have anything. Oh, come on, Fresh Life. Is there anybody thankful today? No ego, amigo. It's not about us. It's all about him. So, Father, we pray today, help us, God. Help us to go low. Help us to die to our flesh and say yes to the Spirit. Help us to follow you and to serve you. And we're asking God tomorrow, help us clothe ourselves in humility. We don't want to walk boasting. We don't want to walk proud. We don't want to walk full of self. We want to be full of God. We don't want to be drunk on our own stuff. We want to be drunk on the Spirit. So help us, God. Follow you and serve you like never before. 
We thank you that you are loving and you are kind and you give grace to the humble. We need your grace now more than ever before in Jesus' name. If you're telling the Lord today, Lord, help me to be humble. I don't want to be full of pride. I don't want to be full of arrogance. I don't want to walk in humility. Lift your hand to heaven right now. Just acknowledge the Lord speaking to you today. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. I pray it over every campus. I pray it over the staff at this church. I pray it over every single person, every volunteer. Let a spirit of humility rest on this house. That we walk humbly before you in the fear of the Lord. We have the fear of God. It's the beginning of wisdom. So I pray over this house. Let us walk in humility, forgiving each other, being kind to one another, giving preference to one another. I pray more confidence and more security over this house like never before in the name of Jesus. You can put your hands down if you're here today in any location and you've never said yes to Jesus. But today as we've been talking about this humble servant, he humbled himself to die on a cross for your sins. And if you want to receive the gift of salvation, if you need forgiveness for your sins, you cannot forgive yourself. Only God can do that. If you want to receive this free gift, the gift of salvation, when I count to three, lift up your hand. Respond to the gospel, the good news of Jesus today. Say yes to his love, his acceptance, and forgiveness. If that's you, when I hit three, lift up your hand. Respond. One, two, three. Come on, shoot up your hand right now. Just lift it up. Just say, yep, I want to get saved today. I want to give my life to Jesus. Come on, lift it up. Amen. Come on, Fresh Life, let's say this prayer with everybody getting saved today. Say, Father God, I thank you for the gift of grace. I say out loud, I believe in Jesus. I receive Jesus. I will follow. I will serve. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I thank you, God, for calling my name. Come on, let's clap right now for every person that said yes to Jesus.